Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I'm going to minister on this subject. I'm going to give you, and you got to really follow me here because we're, this is probably going to end up on rabbit trails before it's over with. You know what that means? Three ancient time frames that conceal the secrets of the last days. That's a long title, right? And it's real interesting because Ecclesiastes 1, 9, and 10 said, The thing which has been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Chapter 3, verse 15, I believe it is, repeats that. Now, basically what, the, what it means is this. History is cyclical. The Greeks are the ones who really believe that. The Greeks... The Romans taught that time was linear. In other words, it was this way. You're born, you're 12, you're 30, you're 60, you die. You go this way to that way. We call that chronological time and orderly time. The Greeks said no. It starts off this way. It's a circle. And they taught that everything that has happened in history, you will see it repeat itself somewhere again in history. And the best example of that, if you've ever studied this, is the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. It is the, there are 20 parallels to Lincoln and Have you ever looked at that? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Okay, both, were, both had a child die in the White House. Both were assassinated on a Friday. Both were shot in the back of the head. One was shot in the Ford's theater and the other was shot from a Ford Lincoln automobile. One of them, the killer, shot him in a theater and hid in a warehouse. The other one shot him, uh, okay, yeah, shot him, no, let me get back. Shot him from a warehouse and hid in a theater. The other one, John Wilkes Booth, shot him from a theater, hid in a warehouse. Both of them had vice presidents named Johnson. Both both of them had had, uh, secretaries by the same name. Both of them were born 100 years apart. Both of them, the killers, were born 100 years apart. Both of them, their vice presidents, were Southern Democrats. Both of them were shot by Southern radicals. And it, I promise you, you know, the, the, the assassins have the same number of letters in their name. The presidents have the same number of letters in their name. The vice presidents have the same number of letters in their name. The vice presidents are born 100 years apart. The assassins are born 100 years apart. It is so freaky that there's like 25 parallels to the assassination, and the assassinations were 100 years apart. Okay, that's called history repeating itself. You see it again in the Bible. Now look, do you mind if I preach long tonight? Because I got a feeling we may, ha- we may really get, I'm, I'm only here tonight and two services tomorrow, so we ain't got nothing to do. You're not going to go home and run a 25th, you're not going to go watch a 25th run of Andy Griffin or whatever you watch on TV. <laughs> You've seen all of his programs, so you, you're here. If, we, if you need a back, bathroom break, just hold your hand up, walk out, come back, okay? So we'll do that. But I don't mean real long, but I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm taken from, from the message, but I'm, I'm building the foundation. That's what I'm saying. Okay, in the ministry of Jesus, okay? At the beginning of his ministry, he fasts for 40 days. At the end, there's your circle, full circle. At the end of his ministry, he's alive for how many days? 40 days, Acts chapter 1. In the beginning, there is a Mary involved in his ministry called Mary Magdalene. At the end, there's a, I'm sorry, Mary, his mother. At the end of his ministry, there's Mary Magdalene at the tomb. In the beginning of his ministry, there is a Herod. 
that kills the infants of Bethlehem. There is a Herod in the middle of his ministry that kills John the Baptist, and that same Herod is at the end of his ministry at his crucifixion. There is a Joseph in the beginning who is Mary's husband. There is a Joseph of Arimathea at the end of his ministry. Is anybody here? He, will go, he went up from the Mount of Olives in Acts 1, verse 11. He comes back to the Mount of Olives in Zechariah 14. And that's just the beginning. So what happens is this, that history is cyclical. Now, why am I telling you the history is cyclical? Because Jesus said this, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. From Adam to Noah is 1,656 years. All right, that's a long time ago. From Adam till Noah is that year long. Now, you go to the story of Noah, you're going to have to go to Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8, right, 9, right in there. That's the story of Noah, right? And you get the things that happen in the days of Noah, they're going to happen in the time of the return of the Lord. Then he says this, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Lot is for almost 500 years, 400 some to 500 years in that range after the flood of Noah. So it takes man four to 500 years to get crazy again, right? You know, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they repopulate the earth, but it takes that long for men to get crazy again. Now, Lot's story is, begins with Abraham leaving the land of Ur in Genesis 12, but his real story is Genesis 18, where Abraham is interceding because of the destruction God's going to bring to prevent it from happening. And Genesis 19 is where the destruction actually took place because they could not find 10 righteous. Now, let me stop right there to show you parallels of the days of Noah. Now, this is going to get really kind of crazy. Is everybody here? All right. The only time... In the history of the world, the only time that the entire world is shut down and people are locked up in a building or an ark is in the days of Noah. They are locked up. They can't go out for 150 days while it's raining on the earth and the entire world is shut down. And the only other time it's ever been shut down ever in world history is COVID. <clears throat> the COVID lockdown... And I wish I had my charts here. The, if it, and it depends on where you time it because it was different areas where it was hitting at different times. But the actual COVID lockdowns lasted the same amount of time that Noah was in the boat. As it was in the days of Noah. Okay, now let's go to the days of Lot. So how does COVID play into the days of Lot? You ready for this? This is really amazing. In the days of Lot, God, Abraham said to God, if, if you find 50, will you save the city? God said, if I can find 50 in that evil city, I'll spare it. Then Abraham said, what about 40? What about 30, 20, 30? Remember the story? And why Abraham stops at 10. And God says, if I can find 10 in Sodom, I will not let it be destroyed. Now, why did he stop at 10? Does anybody know why Abraham stopped at 10? If you go to the story, you have Lot. That's one. His wife is two, two daughters living in the house, that's four, sons-in-law, plural, and daughters. There was sons-in-laws and daughters. Now, if it's plural, it's at least two sons-in-laws and two daughters. That's five, six, that's eight. But you know what? The angel says to Lot, warn those in your family and your sons. There's no sons in the story. Do you know why there's no sons in the story? Because the sons had turned into Sodomites. And when the angels come into Lot's house, 
I'm so glad I got a mature audience here because you know the word. You know, if this is a Sunday morning, half of them may not know the word. I don't mean your people. I know your people do. But I'm saying on a Sunday morning, people, people may not know what I'm talking about. So it's good to preach to a crowd that, how many know the word? See, that's what I'm saying. So you'll catch this. So watch this. So the two angels, Genesis 19, look like men, go into Lot's house, shut the door. Lot then comes out and does something that makes no sense. He said, don't ask for these men. I have two virgin daughters. Bring them out and do to them what you want. And then he says the word brethren, don't do this evil to this man. I looked up the Hebrew word brethren, and it does not necessarily mean brother like a brother in church or a brother in the Lord. It can mean family members. There are young men and old men at the door in the Bible. They're about to beat the door down. The reason Lot said to the men, take the two girls, he had some sons that had turned into those men that were hanging out with them, and he knew those boys would stand up and never let his sis their sisters be raped. You tracking with me? Number two, listen to me very carefully, they were so perverted they did not want women. They wouldn't have taken them. They wanted men. So Lot knew by all, because I used to say, Lot, you're crazy. A man in his right mind is going to fight for his daughters. You ain't going to turn him over to a bunch of people like that. And then I realized something is deeper in the story. So in other words, if you have some, so bottom line, Lot had 10 family members that Abraham saw go into the city, but half of them had backslid and only four came out. He's still here. Why am I telling you that? You want to see the days of Lot in COVID? They shut us down to where you could only have 10 in the church. 10. Back east, only 10. And I started realizing, oh my Lord, why, did they just, why, why, why didn't they say 20? Why didn't they say five? Why didn't they just say nobody? But we had services for two months. Was it about two months, honey? Where I was only permitted... And I was on live stream so they could count it to have 10 people. Days of Lot, there's 10. As it was in the days of Lot, it will be the same way in the t at the time when the Lord returns. There's 10 allowed in a church at COVID. Can anybody see something developing here? Only time the world is shut down is COVID in the days of Noah. There's 10 in the story of Lot. Does anybody want to go deeper? Yes. See, that's why I like a Saturday night crowd. That's the word people right there. Here's what I want to show you. As it was in the days of Lot, this is Matthew, also in Luke, as it was in the days of Noah. So I've always preached on taking the stories of the days of Lot and Noah and let's see what their, the political situation was, the moral situation was, and that's where we're going to go, what the religious situation was. And then I realized something. In all my preaching of 45 years, I had actually missed something. I said, how could I miss it? It's as plain as the nose on your face. And that is that in Malachi chapter 5, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 5, it says, I will send to you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's a phrase meaning the great tribulation. 
and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father, right? Now remember when John the Baptist came, the Bible says that he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. There's a parallel. There's 400 years between Malachi to the time of the birth of John. So John comes in the spirit of Elijah. He comes in the power of Elijah. And that's a parallel. So they believed that John was Elijah. When they asked John the Baptist, are you Elijah? He said, nope. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make the, make the path of the Lord straight. He was not John the Baptist. Can I, I mean, he was not Elijah. Can I tell you how you can prove he was not Elijah? Because Elijah did 16 miracles and John did zero. The Elijah the prophet comes to earth again, back from the heaven where he's been preserved by God in heaven. He will return to earth during the seven-year tribulation, the first 42 months or the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, he will return to earth as the Bible calls him in Revelation 11, one of the two witnesses who will minister in Jerusalem and have such authority he will call fire out of heaven. There's a miracle. He will, he will, he will cause it not to rain. Elijah did that in the Old Testament. He called fire down on Mount Carmel, did he not? It didn't rain for 42 months. He, Ahab said, you have withheld the rain. You're the problem. And Elijah said, you're nuts. You're the problem. Right. He had the Pam Stone spirit on him, you know. That's stupid. You're the problem. <laughs> so the point is that the Elijah that we know will come in the future. He hasn't come yet. But the spirit of Elijah was on John. So in other words, here we see this idea again of what has been repeats itself and it's what will be. So what I want to do, I want to take three time frames. And we're going to go through this rather quickly. And I'm going to take the time frame of the days of Noah. I'm going to take the time frame of the days of Lot. And I'm going to take the time frames of the time of Elijah. And I'm going to show you what it was like politically, what it was like morally, what it was like spiritually, and we're going to pull from the Bible, from maybe some things you know, or maybe some verses you don't know. We're going to pull from the writings of Josephus, perhaps. We're going to pull from uh, a book called the book of Yasher, which is alluded to two times in your Bible. It's not in your Bible, but it was discovered in 1840 in a monastery, and it was translated by a British scholar, and it, it, it fills in the gaps of the Bible stories. It tells you all about what really went on in Sodom and Gomorrah, for example. So are you ready to go? Put your, put your hands together if you can clap and say I'm ready to go. Let us look very briefly at the political situation of the days of Noah. You may not realize this, but at the days of Noah, there was no organized human government. Everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. As a result of that, it tells you in the book of Genesis, violence filled the earth. One of the main things as it relates to what we would call the political systems or the governmental systems in the days of Noah, since there was not an official government, we have to look at how did the people react when it came to crime. And the answer is they were very lawless. I'll give you a little nugget here. In the Hebrew, <laughs> the word for violence is a Hebrew word, Hamas. Now, the group called Hamas in Israel that's headquartered in the, in the Gaza Strip are the ones that are predominantly a political, religious, but terrorist group that 
propagates terrorism against the Jewish people, right? So, so Hamas is an acronym. In other words, we can't necessarily take that word and say it's a prediction of Hamas, but it's interesting that that's what violent, violence means, and that group is very violent toward the Jewish people and have been for quite some time and yet continues to be. So days of Noah, there is violence that fills the earth. Now, how does that fit into where we are today? I don't think you have to even ask yourself that question when you talk about what it was like in the days of Noah. You know, even in the days of Lot, what are they doing in the days of Lot? A group of men, a mob of men, are trying to beat the door down of the house and threatening a righteous man. You've seen that today. You've seen it maybe in some of our major cities where people get very upset and very emotional. And so when you get a group together that's in agreement over the same thing and emotions get involved, many times they will burn cars. Many times they will burn uh, buildings down. I'll tell you what happened to us. Uh, and this is a story. And, and again, uh, you know, if you, did, if you voted for the guy, that's great. If you didn't vote for the guy, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. But when President Trump was elected, we were invited by a group of people to go to the inauguration. Now, you talk about something that was really bizarre. I want to sh I'm going to explain it to you. When we left our hotel, we were told there will not, you will not be able to do any parking anywhere near the inauguration area. You must walk. Well, my wife's got a bad leg, and I thought, bless her heart, Pam's going to have to walk a long distance. Here's what began to happen that you never saw on the news. Every place that was an entrance to go into the great big uh, mall area was suddenly blocked by people who had taken buses that were supported by a man named George S. How do I know? The taxi drivers told me. They were all kinds of weird looking hair, all kinds of outfits, and they had whistles. So as you were going through security, you had to pass 20 to 40 to 60 to 80 of these people screaming and holding anti-signs. Then what they did, I remember passing this beautiful limo here, Starbucks there. No sooner did we get into, was it the Rockefeller building? We went into a building, we got in there, and they, they burnt the limo and broke, broke the Starbucks window which shut down that entrance. So what they did, they did violent acts at the entrance of everywhere you would go to where you had to go f three miles up the road to try to get in. And here's what the news was saying. Well, if you will notice the mall, there is nobody here. The crowds are very, very low, which indicates that the American people are really against this man or they'd be here. They're, they're shutting the place down where you can't get in. Remember, Pam? We talked about it. So we're watching the news, and as it's taking place right after, right where we walked, they done burnt the place up. This crazy people, they came in there to purposely make it appear. Are y'all listening? So that is the idea of mobs. This is what Lot had at a door. Men and old women. Oh, I'm sorry. Old, and, old men and young men that literally were trying to... God, no, no offense toward the older women here. You were not in that crowd, okay? None of your, none of your ancestors were there. It was these... Just so you know, it was the crazy guys. So we go to Second Thessalonians 2 and we discover, and I'm going to quote this to you. We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that you be not soon shaken in mind, neither troubled by spirit or a word from us that the day of Christ is at hand. And he goes on to say, let no man deceive you by any means, for the day should not come except there come a falling away first. And that's a defection from the truth. 
and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who, who exalts himself above all that's God or that's worship so that he is God will sit in the temple of God showing himself as, that he is God. Remember when I was with you, I told you these things. Now you know what, uh, now you know what is withholding him or restraining him that he might be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of iniquity is already working. Only he who now restrains the iniquity will continue to restrain it until it be taken out of the way. And then the wicked one should be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. He, even whose coming is after the working of Satan with all lying signs, wonders, and miracles. Bottom line, it's called spirit of lawlessness. The Antichrist is called son of perdition. The Greek word perdition is destruction. And the, the Antichrist is called that because his reign brings in worldwide destruction. So my point is the days of Noah were filled with violence. And that is what we see in the political realm. I mean, how can, please forgive me if I sound political. I'm not trying to be. But how can a well-known older senator go to California and talk about Trump supporters and say this? When you find them in restaurants, get in their face. When you find them and they are instigating violence. Excuse me, that politician should be arrested. Then some nut goes out there and tries to shoot a bunch of senators at a ballpark playing a game. And today they said on the news the FBI has hit that as a cover-up and won't even report it and let the senators who got shot and were there even look at the evidence. And you know what the FBI said? And I'm not against the FBI. I've got friends in it right now. But you know what the FBI said to the senators, what the head guy said? Well, this man actually was trying to create something to be shot by a police officer. He was depressed. No, he wasn't. He was trying to kill people who were conservatives. Talk to me, somebody. So my point is, we see the violence of the days of Noah. That's my point being repeated. All right, days of Lot. Let's look at the days of Lot. Let's go through this. I may have already covered this just barely. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Genesis chapter 14, 1 through 2. There are five cities of the plain. The five cities are located, we believe, predominantly at the southern part of the Dead Sea. They are Sodom, Gomorrah, twin cities connected pretty close to one another. Adma, a smaller city, but still a city. Zeboim, a smaller city, but still a city. And Zoar, a real little tiny city up on a mountain. And they're called the five cities of the plain. All five of them had a leader in them, but according to secular Jewish history, four of them had judges. And I would like to tell you what four of the cities had judges. Now this is gonna blow your mind if you've not heard it. The city of Sodom had a judge, the city of Gomorrah had a judge, the city of Adma had a judge, and the city of Zeboim had a judge, but the city of Zoar was so small that it did not have a judge. Everybody still here say yes. yes. All right, here we go. You ready for this? According to the book of Jasher, which again, it fills in the sacred Jewish history based on tradition uh, from the third century, somewhere in that area, third century AD, it says, by the decree of the judges of those four cities, including Sodom and Gomorrah, they passed a law that you could put a bed in the street. And when a stranger came into the city, you could lay them on a the bed, tie their hands and stretch them out. <clears throat> and this is the reason why, if you look at that and understand the setting of Genesis 19 and you see the reaction of Lot, this is why you will understand what I'm about to say. Ready? When... 
the men of the city who were the angels in the form of men came to Lot's house. Lot said, they said, we're going to go outside. He said, no, 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 no. Don't go outside. You have to come in my house. And he brought them in and told them, don't go out in the street at night. And the men of the city said, I quote, bring the two strangers out that we may know them. Let me just tell you that in Hebrew, any rabbi will tell you that that's the same word used when it says that Adam knew his wife Eve and she, con- she, she conceived and bore a son. It means to sexually have relations with them. That's the word no. It does not mean we want to greet them. We want to shake ends with them. It means we want them in a carnal way. And so the men are at, why, the, why does Lot say, don't go out because there's beds in the street. And the plan is to lay those men on the bed, bed and I'm just going to be blunt and sodomize them. This is Genesis chapter 19. This is the book of Yasser that talks about it and adds these things into you understanding what was really going on in that day. So don't miss the point. The problem in the four cities was that the judges in the court were passing laws of abominations. Can I say it this way? The judges were legalizing evil. They were legalizing abominations. Come on, how many of you know if you've looked at some of the laws passed in courts that there are people that they they don't care about the Bible. The Bible is irrelevant to them. Repeat of history. But wait a minute, sir. Do you understand history? I don't care about history. We're not living in the ancient days. We're living today. And if you don't agree with a law that has been passed that's contrary to Scripture, then you are intolerant. Excuse me, I will die intolerant because I'm not going to disagree with what God said in the Bible. I'm not going to disagree with what my father told me in the word of the Lord. I'm just not going to disagree with it. That you might disobey God at times and you might not totally obey the commandments at times. You may do some things you shouldn't do, but that doesn't mean you disagree and that just means you fell into something crazy. Preach, Perry, I am. So Lot is doing what in his day? Dealing with laws that are passing, judges that are passing laws that are just really out there. You want to go to the next one? Say yes. yes. I'm going anyway whether you say yes or not. Okay, days of Elijah. Well, 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 well. Woo, got to be careful with this one. Okay, in the days of Elijah, there was a couple that came to political power called Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Now, I just want to say, Jezebel loved makeup. She, no, no, I'm not saying you're a Jezebel if you got makeup on. My wife has makeup on. She's not a Jezebel. But she painted her face very heavy. And, uh, and that Bible brings that out, which I think that's an interesting point. See, some of you women just fell out with me right there all over that. Just because Jezebel had said she painted her face, I said, you're not a Jezebel because my wife wears makeup and she's not a Jezebel. But my point is that she tried to be fashionable. She tried to make herself attractive. She tried to have men look at her and say, wow, ain't she hot, okay? So this is Jezebel. Jezebel, on the other hand, is a very dominant woman to the point that she is controlling and manipulating her husband. Her husband wants a piece of property that belongs to a man that it says in your Bible, it was given to him as his inheritance on a year of Jubilee. 
On the year of Jubilee, you can get your land back and it belongs to you. You, you have proof it belonged to you, you can get it back. Ahab sent a message to Naboth and said, I love that. That's near my palace. Ooh, would you let me buy that from you? I'll give you a good price. He said, I can't give you my family's inheritance. And Jezebel said, let me deal with it. And she forged a letter in his name, Ahab's name, signed a letter, illegal letter in his name, and sent it out and actually had Naboth murdered in order for her husband to legally... Oh, I don't know if I should go there. Okay. Um, I'm going to be careful here because I have a lot, you know, you know, you know this. I have a lot of political friends. I have senator friends, congressmen friends. I have, I have people that are extreme liberal Democrats who love me. I'm talking now extreme. I'm talking they believe stuff totally contrary to me, and they love Perry Stone. Can you believe that? That's a spirit of deception. And Pam knows who I'm talking about. It's like, it's like the weirdest thing. This is, this, Pam, this is kind of crazy. And uh, legal people who are just, I mean, they, they, would, they would roll over in their grave before they would vote for someone conservative. But I'm telling you, they love Pam and I. And I thank God for that. Sometimes you need some crazy friends. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm okay with that. I'm okay. And maybe, maybe the Word of God can help people if, they, if they're they believe contrary to you. So I'm not fussing about that. I thought that was funny. Okay, what were we talking about? Okay, Ahab. Uh, many years ago, um, i got to tell you this story. In 1982, after the election of a governor from Arkansas. Look, I didn't know anything about the governor of Arkansas. I didn't know nothing about his wife. I knew nothing. And I'm praying at the Grand Hotel. You'll remember this in, in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We're getting ready to have a conference. And I'm in prayer. And in the middle of the night, the Lord says to me, because I was praying, what's going to happen with the new administration? And I heard this. The same spirit that you read in the Bible on Ahab and Jezebel will come to Washington. That's what I heard. So I got up that night real bold, and I preached on the spirit of Ahab and Jezebel will come to the, to the nation. Well... Whoa, as the years went by, now watch Ahab and Jezebel, and I'll just let you read into it. If you can read into it, great. If you can't, don't worry. We'll go to the next thing. <laughs> Ahab was the leader, but she ran the country behind the scenes. There was an innocent man named Naboth that got murdered, and they found him dead. <clears throat> Vince Foster. Okay. She signed legal papers in Ahab's name. They were involved in a land deal. Some of you don't remember because you were too young. They lived in an ivory house, which is a white house. It is the only place in the Bible where he is accused of falling under the spell of a lying spirit. And a certain man lied under oath. Now, I'm not picking on them, okay? I'm just showing you history does what? What did I tell you? Repeats itself. Um, when, when he was out of office, she was still seeking the ivory house. She was actually in political power after he left office. Ahab. Uh, 
how, what were the rest of them? There's, I'm, missing, I'm missing three somewhere. Anyway, there was about eight parallels. Well, I preached it, and, you know, and then a man uh, who is a great preacher that the world knows heard the message, and he was having some complications from high-level people, and he got on his TV program, and he preached that a certain administration in a certain city, uh, big city, <laughs> was similar to Ahab and Jezebel. The woman he was preaching about heard it, went to the postal service, he told me this himself, went to the postal service and shut all of his mail down to where he could not get his mail. He couldn't get his bills, he couldn't get his partner's mail, and he had to fight legally. And I said, who did it? And he said, when, they, when I preached the Ahab Jezebel message on national TV in the 90s, they heard it in Washington and attacked me and said, we're going to teach him a lesson. Another friend of mine got the revelation and they audited him for three years and harassed him for three years. Big time minister, you know him on television, three years. And he said to me, when it was over, the head man who audited him said, Pastor, I could have never told you this because I would have lost my job. You need to know that the, a political party that controls Washington put us up to this to make you a lesson for every preacher to keep his mouth shut. That, my friend, is a spirit. What did Jezebel try to do? Don't miss this. In the days of Elijah, she tried to behead the prophets. She was, read it. She was going, why, why, do you, why do you cut somebody's head off to shut their mouth up? So the prophets were prophesying against her. So the thing she did was said, I'll fix them. I will make it where they can't speak. I'll make it where they can't talk. I've come by to tell you, and you need to hear this, that there was a strategy in the spirit world that I don't care who they are on social media, the social media people, the shakers and the movers, the, the uh, patriots. I'm talking about the real patriots now. The people that love this country are under a hellish demonic assault from the opposite side who doesn't want their opinion to be heard. They want everybody to believe it one way and believe it their way, and they will harass you and attack you and use anybody and everybody they can to do it but I'm just gonna say what my friends have said for years the devil is a liar because the words gonna go forth it may go forth under pressure but it'll go forth are y'all still here is this is it is this interesting to anybody come on is this interesting to anybody Ooh, did I just say that two things I want to tell you did you say they have a button they can button the internet and, and stop my conversation? They can mute, but we forgot to unmute them, so we stopped. Okay. I'm going to have you mute this in a minute. So on the internet, get ready to mute. This really shouldn't be on the internet, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Only because people harass me after I preach this stuff, okay? That's why. I just, hey, I'm used to it. Okay, thank you. No, no, we're okay. We're okay. I'm just going gonna, gonna to use wisdom, but I do want one part muted. Okay. There were 400 prophets in the Bible that were sitting at Jezebel and Ahab's table eating during a famine. No, no, no. And these 400 men were being fed, and I'm going to say it this way, and I don't want anybody to take it wrong. First of all, let me preface it. 
I'm grateful, and I mean this sincerely, my wife's mother was poor. She lived in housing with African-American people. She was a white lady. And she got government help. We helped her as much as we could, but she had government help to feed herself for years. So I'm grateful for people who need it. So let me preface it. But in this case, these were prophets. And because there was a famine, the, the only way they could get assistance from the government is to align with the government. And so they sat at Ahab's table to eat, and they would prophesy to Ahab and tell him what he wanted to hear so they could get fed. I can prove it. Ahab was going to battle, and the Bible said in 2 Chronicles 18, he called 400 prophets. Go to battle, says the Lord, you shall win. Go to battle, says the Lord, you shall win. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man. 400 men said the same thing, and Jehoshaphat said, this sounds phony to me. This just don't even have a good ring to it. Do you have anybody that's a prophet of Yahweh God, the true God? And Ahab said, well, there's one guy named Micaiah, and where's he at? I got him in a dungeon because he prophesies bad stuff to me. He said, bring him out. I want to hear what a real prophet's got to say. And the real prophet came out of the dungeon and looked at him and said, I saw the host of heaven on the left and right hand of God, and God has already set you up to die in the battle. He said, didn't I tell you he would prophesy bad? And... But Zedekiah came and slapped the prophet of God on the face and said, which way went the spirit of God from me to you? And the prophet of God said, you'll find out when you're running in the dungeon and running away. You'll find out who spoke and who was real. And brother, the next day Ahab was dead in battle. Talk to me, somebody. You cannot, you cannot as ministers, and I have great ministers who are so bold, friends I mean, that are so bold that are, I know they're going to stand. I know they're not going to buckle. But you cannot align yourself with the wrong thing and expect God to bless you when you're aligned with the wrong system. You tracking with me? Okay. Now, mute it, and I'll tell you when to unmute it, Okay. Let's talk about the moral parallels of the three time frames. In the days of Noah, the listen to what it says in the book of Genesis. The imagination of men's minds was evil continually. Hello. Is everybody here? The imaginations of men's minds were evil continually. All right. You ready for this one? All flesh had corrupted itself. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. And that was due to the sons of God who were fallen angels coming into the daughters of men and producing a race of giants. Now, let's talk about the moral, let's, let's talk about the, moral the moral idea of giants in the earth in the days of Noah. And there were Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4, giant men that were in the earth that were harassing the people. The reason... Jewish history says that God had to send the flood was to wipe out the race of giants. They were all over the place. They had corrupted men's imaginations. The flesh had become corrupted. Women were wanting to have relations with these beings that had come down. Now, you know, all this alien stuff, guys, all this alien stuff you see on History Channel, it actually has a basis in the fallen angels of the book of Genesis. They don't teach it that way. 
They teach it as outer space creatures and guys from off the planets. There was a race of angels, 2 Peter 2 and 4, the book of Jude talks about it. Every early church father talks about it. That took on the form of men to teach men righteousness and got enamored by the beauty of women, went into them and produced a race of giant men. They were called demagogues. They were part they were almost like part, part deity and part God. And according to the early church fathers of church history in the first, second, and third century, the mythology in Greek, in Greece, all the mythology of Hercules and all these other people were, became that because of these giant men that did one time exist. And then they became the legends. The Bible even says they were mighty men of renown. They became, they became the legends of Greek mythology. So all the Greek mythology that sounds really weird has its basis on fallen angels that f came to earth in the time of Noah. Everybody with me? Raise your hand if you understand that. Okay. Now, I am in California. I'm actually at a clinic getting help, and I'm not going to talk about that. But I'm in a clinic getting help because I had a complete collapse. And... I'm, I'm actually, one of my books, believe it or not, I'm there with almost a breakdown writing a book. <laughs> it's real funny how when you go crazy, how God speaks to you. I mean, it's just, hallelujah, <laughs> okay, speak to me, oh Lord, you know. And, uh, and one of my best books called The Final Cipher, I wrote it while I was at a clinic. <sighs> Perry, you are really strange. I know, I know. But Jesus loves me like I am, hallelujah. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm sitting there meditating on this. Giants in the earth in the days of Noah. Now, I don't think the Rephaim are literally coming back. I don't think they're going to find, they might. I don't think they're going to find a giant bone, get the DNA out of it, try to reproduce a giant man. Maybe they will, I don't know. But I said, no, God, if there's giants in the earth in the days, and I do know in David's day, there were five giants, and it names them, right? Goliath, Saph, it's bibbing off the giant from Gath and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Lamy. Goliath's brother. It names them. There's five. And I said, okay, there's five giants in David's day, but there were giants in Noah's day. We don't have any giants. And the Lord spoke to me and said, yes, you do. They're called tech giants. Whoa. Oh, my Lord. I, I jumped up in my chair. I was in a room. I jumped in my chair and said, oh, my Lord. You have, and I'm not going to name it, but you know that in social media, in Silicon Valley, you have five major groups that control the world. Socially, social media, news, is that not crazy? And we, call, and we call them giants. That's, we call them tech giants. And here's another part I'm writing in this book called The Final Cipher. And I realized that Jesus said you cannot build your house upon sand. Because if you build it on rock, it will endure. But if you build it, and I know the metaphor there is building it on truth and building on him versus trying to build on the flesh. The flesh, we know what, the, what he's saying there. But think about this. The computer chips come from silicon that come from sand. I researched it, and the guys, I talked to people in the, yeah, they said, you take this, you can take it out of this particular thing. You, can some, you got some quartz over here, but you can take sand and take the silica out of sand. That's not silicon, silica out of sand, and you create the chips with it. And I thought, oh, my God, all of our computers are built on sand. And all it takes is one hacker to destroy all your information. All it takes is the power grid going down. You have nothing. Is that not weird? Because you can't build something on sand. Okay, I thought it was a revelation. I can tell it didn't thrill you in Alaska. It must have got cold outside. Did the cold come in? I feel like I feel a chill in the building. You know. <laughs> is that not awesome though? 
Okay, so now we're seeing, let's go back to this because I've got to hurry through this. So we're talking about the moral. So in the, in the time of Noah, imagination is evil. And you know, internet is good. I mean, it's used for good. You know that, but boy, can it be used for bad like pornography and hacking, stealing people's money. So it's the imagination. It creates imaginations with people. That's my point that I'm trying to make. Let's go to the days of Lot. The days of Lot, it says in the days of Lot, they were going after strange flesh. Now we're talking about the moral situation and we know what that was if you'll read Genesis chapter 9 we know that men were associating with men etc and, um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that but I will tell you in 2nd Peter it says that Lot that righteous man living in the city was vexed daily with the filthy conversation of the wicked for he was vexed by their sinful deeds and it was every day I want to give you the Greek word when it says that Lot was vexed and then the second word where it says he's vexed with their conversation. That word conversation in Greek is behavior. It literally is the Greek word for behavior. So he's grieved by the behavior out of the men of the city. Everybody shout vexed. vexed. Shout it real, real loud. Vexed. vexed. Okay. The first word vexed in the Greek means to be pressed down or burdened or weighed down. Everybody has felt that at some time. But when it says he's vexed by their behavior, it is the Greek word that comes out of mental torment. So he is, his spirit is vexed. Every day he feels heavy and weighty. But then when he sees what they're doing, he becomes mentally depressed and so oppressed mentally by what they see. Can I tell you something? It's hard sometimes living in the world today if you are truly spirit-filled because certain things vex your spirit. I'm gonna give you my little hobby horse. This is, my, this is not my hobby horse. This is my, this is my wife and I's thing. We, we're very careful about movies. Thankfully, you can check now movies to see how much profanity. Her and I have a conviction. Now, she doesn't listen to any, if it's got any profanity, it doesn't matter what it is, she's not going to watch it, okay? She just does That's her conviction. Me, I've heard, you know, certain words that are more slang, and, I, and some of them I turn it off because I said, I don't even want that much. But I'm going to tell you what, we will never listen to a movie or watch a movie in a theater or on TV with God's name in vain. If it says GD... And I've heard, I, sometimes Hollywood is so stupid because all they got to do is leave that one thing out. The whole movie's perfect. And they say that one time to get, they, you know why they do it? To get the rating up. They, they want to move it from PG to PG-13. And by putting that in there, they got a PG-13 on it. And it really messes with me because I said, how, we've had people say, man, you got to go see that movie. And she'd look it up and it had four GDs. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am not going to sit and listen to them curse my dad who got me out of hell, who redeemed me, who saved me, who anointed me. Who, I'm not, why do I? I am not going to do it and I am going to cut it off and I will walk out of the theater at the end of it because I'm just, and somebody said, well, that's a little bit extreme. No, it's not. How would you like, do you, how many of you love your parents? What if someone calls your mom a name and damned her? Just said, Judy, Judy, bleep, blank. Would you just say, well, now that's my mother, but you know, I'm just going to ignore that like you didn't say it. Look, you go cuss, cussing out my dad who was a Holy Ghost man of God and I might pick up a stick and crack your head with it. No, I'm not, I'm not. I hope I don't do that. But no, you're not going to mess. You come on. You ain't going to mess with my seat. I'm Italian. Do you understand Italian? I have an Uncle Vinny somewhere. <laughs> Uncle Vinny. Hey. Hey, Billy. Billy. Call Uncle Vinny. I need him. 
Do y'all know the Uncle... Who's Italian in this place? Who knows the Uncle Vinny jokes in an Italian family? Uncle Vinny's the hit man, in case you didn't know. I will never call Uncle Vinny. I'll call Uncle Holy Ghost. <laughs> get him, Lord. Get him. Get him, Lord. Get him. Get him. Get him. <laughs> that way... That way I won't go to hell for hitting somebody too hard. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to be fat. You know, you got your people on the internet freak out with preaching. Like, oh, God, I can't believe you said that. Remember, chill out on the internet. Chill out. <laughs> you need to be here anyway. Be here anyway where you can have some fun and enjoy this with us. All right, here we go. Give the Lord a praise if you want to. Okay. Real quick, morally, days of Lot. What is the days of Lot morally? It is, I just told you, being vexed by all the junk going on. Let's go to number th three. Oh, no, 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 no. I got one more left here. The situation of the days of Elijah. Oh, we're going to preach this right here. He gets on top of Mount Carmel, right? 7,000 prophets are in a cave. They've not bowed, but they're hiding because they're afraid of Jezebel. So he feels like he's the only guy up there. He starts preaching, and he screams out to the people of Israel. He screams out. How long will you halt between two opinions? And I'm telling you, I read that and the Holy Spirit said to me, that's the problem in the body of Christ. Half of them believe abortion's okay. Half of them believe abortion should be banned. Half of them think same-sex marriage, well, if you love the person, it's fine. The other half says, wait a minute, what does the Bible say? Can I tell you something? We got a problem because we're not unified. A general at an arsenal said, I'm never afraid of Christians and them getting crazy because every time they grow to 2,000 in a church, they have a church split. He said, number two, outside of Martin Luther King Jr., there's nobody in the Christian community that can organize a large crowd of people. He said, if a man ever organizes a large crowd of people, we keep an eye on him because if he has a big following, we want to try to reduce that following a little bit, somehow. not by killing people, I don't mean that, but we want to create something to where we reduce the population because we don't want somebody having that authority over people. Oh, boy. Okay, okay, okay. Let me tell you something. Oh, boy. I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going to tell it. Mute, mute. Thumbs up. Mute. I mean, really mute. Wave and shout if you're glad you came. All right, let's go. I got two more things real quick. Let's go to, I'm going to go through this much faster. I'm moving too slow. The religious parallels of the days of Noah, Lot, and Elijah. In the, watch this now. In the days of Noah, he's called a preacher of righteousness, preached 100 years. Nobody got converted in 100 years. Just his family. How'd you like to preach for 100 years and nobody gets saved? Think about this. Here's how we know we're in the time of the end. In the book of Revelation, it says three times, that men no longer repented, men no longer repented, men no longer repented. As long as we have available repentance on the earth and we have people in nations that are turning to the Lord, the gospel is going to be preached around the world, right? But when people get so hardened, this is important you hear this, that they no longer repent, that's when the end is going to come. The gospel is preached, men repent. But suddenly when people get hardened, I don't want to hear that. Let's shut that message down. Forget that. That's crazy. When you see it get to that level after the last revival, after the great end time revival, after the final outpouring, it will eventually get to where men don't repent. That's how you know it's the time of the end. And we can compare that to the time of Noah. Days of Lot. Woohoo! Here's one on the days of Lot. Ready? 
Lot, his wife, and two daughters are escaping from the city, going up a mountain. And what does she do going out of the city? She does a, now, repent means to turn. You know that. It doesn't mean to do a 360, because if you do a 360, you're back where you started. <laughs> I used to say, do a 360. I think it was Willie George said, Perry, it's not a 360, it's a 180. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> so what she did, she is on her way out to be delivered, but she does a 180, and she goes back looking towards Sodom. This always bothered me. Why would you do that? And the Lord really dealt with me about this. I did some Jewish research. And the rabbis say, if you'll read it, it's true, that she had sons-in-laws and daughters that were dying in the city. And the fire was burning. It may have been a volcanic explosion. We're not sure. But the fire was, fireballs were falling up in the air. And she turned and stopped. As they keep moving up the mountain away from the danger zone, she stops to try to see what's happening to her children. And she gets in the blast area. And, of course, the Bible said she became a pillar of salt. Everybody laughs about that. But if you go to the Dead Sea where Sodom and Gomorrah was, you will see salt crystals on the water that high. You throw a rock there, and in three days, it's covered with salt crystals. So what happened is when the explosions are taking place, the water from the Dead Sea area overwhelms her, comes over her, she dies, and she literally is encased and covered by the water from all the explosions that are taking. Does that make sense to anybody? Because you can do it with a natural rock today. So don't mock that, and I know you don't, but others might, if it says she became a pillar of salt. And there is a salt rock mountain of solid table salt, solid salt, we've been there, on the Israeli side near across from where the Dead Sea used to be to this day. So the point I want to make, and this is important, is Jesus said in the New Testament, Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. He's talking about the time of the end, and he says, remember, what does that mean to you and me? It means do not start looking back as we get to the time of the end. Do not let yourself start sliding back into sin. Do not let yourself quit coming to church. Come on, somebody. Don't let yourself quit worshiping because you might get caught off guard and the Lord return and you remain because you went back too far. Come on, and you lost out in your relationship with Him. So can you see how everything fits those days is fitting into the time that we're living in? Of course, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 said there would come a great falling away, which again is a whole apostasia and apostasy or defection from the truth. That's what we all have to be aware of. All right, the days of Elijah. What was happening back in the days of Elijah? From a religious perspective, two things. The prophets were afraid of what was happening in the national government, and they were, didn't want to prophesy. They didn't want to say anything. They could get arrested. They could get beheaded. So there was a fear among leaders to speak out. Number two, oh my, there was a spirit of discouragement. Elijah became so discouraged that he said, you know, God, you might as well kill me. Now, let me tell you, when you get a spirit, I feel the Holy Ghost right here, Honda Beshehi Honda. When you come under a spirit of very heavy depression or very heavy discouragement, I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. God, Elijah said, go ahead and kill me. God did not want him dead. Why didn't God want him dead? God had a future plan for him. God had a chariot of fire waiting on him, 2 Kings 2. God has a plan for him to come back during the tribulation to minister. So he gets depressed and he wants to die because Jezebel wants to kill him. He's traveled 127 miles from Jezreel to Mount Horeb. He's wore out. He's burnt out. He's called the fire down on Mount Carmel. He built an altar. The guy is burnt out. Talk to me. Somebody say, burnt out. Burnt out. 
When you get burnt out, I did, you get depressed. When you get depressed, you're ready. To, I, you know, I got so depressed, Pam will tell you, I was ready to give up everything I had. Not her, but the ministry, the buildings, let somebody else take it. I've built it. Somebody else can have it. I'm fine with it. It don't matter to me. You can get so burnt out mentally, physically, and spiritually. And you, I'm telling you that you will want to give up. But you know what? You got to keep saying to yourself, Elijah sat under a tree wanting to die, but God didn't want him dead because he had something better waiting on him in the future. So when you go through this mental depression, you know, wintertime comes and you're just depressed and the job's not going good and all, just keep saying to yourself, Elijah wanted to die, but God didn't want him dead because he had something better. Something better's coming. The sun's going to shine again. The storms are going to quit. The devil's going to leave. Praise God. Come on, somebody help me. Praise the Lord. And it's really true. And if you just hold on and endure, Pam, Pam said, some things God will bring you through immediately and some things you have to endure. And when you, you endure, you will see. And my preacher friends kept calling me, Perry, you're, you're burnt out. You're about dead. Don't give up, Perry. I mean, five of them called me at one time on a conference call. Don't you let the enemy talk you out of stepping aside. Well, boys, I could, I've been preaching 45 years, 44 years, boys. I could retire right now. Retire? It's the last days. Are you kidding me? And you want to retire? Ain't nobody going to let you. Jensen would call me and said, you ain't retired. And Steve Muncy, boy, what are you talking about? When you get better, I'm having you back at my church. We have 300 people get the Holy Ghost every time you preach up here. And you want to retire? I just decided that instead of retiring, I'd refire. God, I felt the Holy Ghost when I did the... Put your hands up and tell the devil, stone is back, stone's back, stone's back. Praise God. Glory to the name of the... God, I felt something on that. Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Elijah gets so undiscouraged. Now, he was discouraged. Running from Jezebel, he goes back and says, Hey, Jesse, the dogs are going to eat you. And they did. They threw her off a wall years later, and the dogs ate her. Come on, somebody. And he goes to heaven in a chariot of fire while she it becomes a meat for the mutts. Come on now, help me preach. Woo. It's a parallel, yeah. Okay, let me catch my breath. Number four, this is the last one. Where I'm, I, guess what? We're almost done, can you believe? Lord, I felt like I've preached three messages. I think I've preached five in these one message right here. This is a big one. And you're going really, to really bear witness with this. Now, what we're talking about is that... I'm going to tell you, I feel the anointing. I may have to get somebody's hand and run around this building one time. Praise God. Hallelujah. I could run through a tree. My, 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 my mentor, T.L. he'd say this right now. I feel so much of God that I could take one devil in that hand and one devil in that hand and crack their skulls together. see two de demons like oh 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 <laughs> 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 oh lord <laughs> y'all got pray for me <laughs>
Chelsea, but I'd still be back in that aisle if I'd have run with I'm, 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 almost, I'm almost done, I promise. Breathe. Breathe. I'm just seeing demons with their skulls cracked, just laying on the floor. Okay, let's go here. This, this is pretty crazy. Here we go. We, I, I got to go back together. <clears throat> days of Lot, days of no days of Elijah. Natural disaster parallels. This, is pr this, this might be one of the most amazing parts of this if you start considering it. In the days of Noah, was, what was the main substance, natural substance, that brought the judgment? Water. Everybody say this. The days of Noah is represented with water. Okay, now go back to the days of Lot. What was the main natural substance? Fire. If I say this, the days of Lot is represented by fire. <clears throat> what was the problem in the days of Elijah? There's, two, there's, there's something that happened in the days of Elijah, and that was drought. Elisha and Elijah. If I say the days of Elijah, there were a lot of droughts. Now, does anybody, is anybody thinking about what I'm thinking about in the United States right now? Look at it. Look at it real careful. In, in the area of water in Europe last year, seven nations went underwater in Europe. Last year in the United States, there were entire states that had so much water in some areas that one state, it flooded the whole state's farmland. So you start seeing a parallel in the natural with water. Then look at... Look at fire. I mean, I remember when California and Washington State, we were out there preaching. It was burning. And then Nevada, and it's like they'd start breaking down. There, look, they got so, there were trees popping, and they just catch on fire. It was the freaking, most freaking thing you ever saw in your life. And you just said, that, that tree, nope, nothing hit it. And then lightning would strike and start fires. So then we had this, this huge burning. And the thing we're seeing now, days of Elijah parallel, is uh, the, the drought in the United States. Now, we know that the Lake Mead situation is not the only situation the United States is dealing with right now because uh, the state of California, for example, uh, even though they get rain, they're not getting enough to replenish. Because I preach out there. You know, I went out there a few years ago to preach for Jensen, and there were entire reservoirs drying up. And I said, what are you guys going to do? They said, man, honest to God, we need to pray because we do not know what we're going to do. So what I'm saying is natural disasters have always happened. They've always happened. You know, I, I mean, I, I cannot go back 4,200 years ago and tell you that the flood of Noah was climate change because there were no cars and no planes in his day. But it was a global disaster nonetheless, you know? And even the days of Elijah, there are no automobiles, right? There were no automobiles, nothing that created carbon in the natural. There was it, but guess what happened? It just did not rain. 
Weather can come in cycles that is not a judgment of God. It's a weather cycle. Then weather can be a chastisement. Weather can be a judgment because look at the tribulation period. Now, what I'm trying to say to you and anyone that may still be, may still be what? After the second cutoff, it said, Mabel, cut it off. I don't want to hear <laughs> No, no, they didn't. They, I know people, they stay with us. But I want to, I want to, I want to kind of wrap this up, and I, I may have one more thing, one more quick thing. But I'm going to say this to you, that any way you look at it, and 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 looking at my perspective, I've been preaching since I was 16, and I'm 63. That gives you an idea of how long I've actually been preaching. I've been in full-time ministry since I was 18 years of age, literally full-time since then. COVID knocked us out for a while, but that was everybody. I've studied a lot of prophecy. I've studied prophecy from every angle. I've studied post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, no-trib, all-trib. All-trib is, we've been going through the tribulation from the beginning of time. What do you mean, Brother Perry? All-trib. No-trib, preterist. So I think that, I, I, I don't like to call myself a specialist, but I think 175,000 hours of Bible study does make you a little bit maybe on the edge of being a specialist in some things, maybe. <laughs> Folks, can I tell you this? We really are, no doubt, in the last days. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah. We probably have a, a, a window a good window to do everything we're going to do. You got a window to get your building up and that church going. I have a window to do uh, some things God's really put in my heart that are really, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that vision back. You know, I'm going to tell you, when you go through, <laughs> excuse me, you have a flashback every now and then. It's the weirdest deal if you've ever done that. Uh, you go through something to where your body doesn't even want to get out of bed because it can't. And, you know, a few weeks before, you were going full speed ahead. It does something to you. It affects you. It, I've been told that my nerve damage of my nerves was so bad that it will take two years to recover. And we're now in the, that stage of where we can, I can feel it recovering. You know, my fingertips, I used to just feel fire in my fingers and up my arm and my fault. I don't blame it on anybody else. I don't even blame it on the devil. It was the devil, but I'm going to blame it on I ain't going to give him no credit. Yeah. Give him no credit for that. You know why you don't give him credit? Because he'll try to do it again. That's why, you just, that's why you shut up and don't give him any credit. But I'm the one that did that. Talk about me. I ain't talking about you, you sorry thing. Talk about Jesus who healed me and delivered me. Hallelujah. But I do realize that my preacher friends would say to me, you got hit at the most crucial time because everybody is asking us in my church, what does Perry Stone say about COVID in the end time? And I am so gone for months, I can't even talk to anybody. I didn't go on social media, I didn't do nothing. I had people doing my TV closings. Didn't, wasn't gonna go to my office and do it. My daughter did my TV closings. And I said, to, I said Lord, this is how I'm saying. There's a, there's a hundred young men that can do what I'm doing. All you got to do is talk to them and raise them up. 
And I had told my wife, let me tell you what, I want to do something fun. I'm going to do something fun. I'm going to go to Israel when it opens. That's what I told her. And I'm going, to, I'm going to take trips and just teach people in Israel. I'll have a blast. We'll go two weeks, come home, go two weeks and come home, go two weeks and come home. And she said, I ain't doing that because we got grandbabies here. Well, well thank you. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the plan of the Lord. That was my plan. But then the Lord began to, t to show me. He said, son, I got a call from this guy, call from this pastor. And everybody I knew was fighting really weird warfare. I'm talking weird stuff. Kids leaving, kids divorcing, their, their, their kids. People attacking them, people splitting their churches. And I realized we are now in a season when kings go to battle. What it says in the Bible, there was a time when kings and David laid in a palace when the kings were supposed to be at battle and got in trouble. And the Holy Ghost says to me, if you if you drop out, you're going to end up doing something totally that's out of my will and I can't bless it. Right, baby? She knows. And this woman right here is a tiger. You never know it till you see it. My little daughter sent me scriptures every day. Dad, Read this. Dad, read that. And my son's a little different because my son walked over and he said, Yep, I tried to tell you not to hire those stupid people. <laughs> you walk away. Just walk away. Thank you, son, for that encouragement. Praise God. <laughs> Love you too. Thank God for the women in your life, right? They're more positive. <laughs> Love my son, but he was just blunt. But I want to tell you something. We're, we're going to see two things happen. I'm trying to wrap this up, I promise you. We're going to see, number one, all assignments fulfilled. Now listen to me. Jesus ain't going to come before that church is built and people are in it. Now you say, you shouldn't say that. No, why would God tell him to build a church and then rapture us out before? If we were going to rapture before, you'd have never been told by God to die. And I know people don't like to hear me preach like this, but I am 63 and I don't care. I've got things God told me to do that's just starting to happen. I had tw we had 21,000 people from an Islamic country saved last month. And when I fly back Wednesday, they're having another village crusade with 30,000 Muslims. And I'm going to preach on a big screen. And God's going to save another 20,000. So God wants to harvest in. We all want to get out of here. It's getting bad. I want out of here. I don't want out of here till it's time to go out of here. And I don't want out of here till it's time for me to go out of here. So I don't plan on going nowhere till it's time. So our assignment's going to be filled. Number two, the end time revival's going to happen. It has to happen. Number three, this gospel is going to go everywhere. So that's why guard your heart, guard your ears, what you hear, guard what you see. Cut off belligerent people. Don't even pay a bit of attention to a bunch of crazy people on the internet or anywhere else. Cut them off. And stay in the faith. And watch what God will do for you and your family. You shall be saved and your whole house. You shall be saved and your whole house. You shall be saved and your whole house. Put your hands together. Glorify the Lord. Give him praise. 
Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.